And we open our hearts to the presence of this moment. The effort is made to attune to the way things are, opening to this present reality. Feeling the presence of the body, its weight, temperature, feeling of cloth on our skin, sensations within our bones and muscles, joints, the sounds around the temple, here in the building, around about us, the inner sound, the ringing of the nada sound, as an opening of the attention to the field of experience. It's a, an attuning, a connecting of this quality of awareness to the patterns of nature as known through the sensory organs, the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body, the mind. It's through this direct knowing of the field of experience, direct knowing, contemplation, realization, that we fulfill the potential that we have as living beings, human beings. These last few days, the uh, evening readings have been from Lumpur Sumato's teachings on Paticca Samupada from the retreats, retreat he led here in 1988, a long time ago. And these are essential, helpful teachings, several years in a row throughout the winter retreats. That was the main theme of Lumpur's teaching, was dependent origination helping the community to get to know these qualities, understand this causal process, see how it works. The Buddha said it's through not understanding four things that you and I and all living beings have had to travel and trudge through this long, long round of birth and rebirth, redeath, rebirth. What are those four things? Dukkha, Suffering, the origin of suffering, cessation of suffering, and the path. Suffering, origin, cessation, path. The yeah, concept of those, just the, the words, are very simple. Just four words. Suffering, origin, cessation, path. But as the Buddha says, it's through not understanding that, not applying that, not really feeling out, intuiting the implications of those four qualities, that there's the endless cycles of rebirth and redeath around and around. Well, the teachings on Paticca Samupada, dependent origination, is the fine analysis of the Four Noble Truths, particularly how dukkha arises, and then how dukkha ceases. 
is the fine anatomy, the fine detail of how the Four Noble Truths operate as a set of tools. In detail, we talk about the relationship between awareness and unawareness, vijja and avijja, ignorance and knowing. The contrast between feeling and craving, vedana and tanha, how do they work together? What's their relationship? And the relationship between suffering and not suffering, dukkha, dukkha So it's valuable for us to learn how to use these tools. They're available. They can be put to use, to work with this body, this mind, this life of ours, to help to understand it, to know it, to see how it works, what affects it, what the habits are, and how to fulfill the potential that this life has to enable it to ripen in complete liberation, realization. In a way, there are uh, different points of escape from the cycle of rebirth, redeath, the bhava chakra, the wheel of becoming. There are exit points that can be seen to be related to each of the, the four noble truths. So the first truth is there is the truth of dukkha, the noble truth of suffering. Or what makes it a noble truth, other than just the, the misery of, of suffering? What makes it a noble truth is the attitude towards it. And the Buddha said that dukkha, that experience of suffering, dissatisfaction, anguish, frustration, insecurity, incompleteness, however it might take shape within our hearts, it can ripen in two ways. It either ripens in more dukkha or in search. It ripens in more dukkha, and this is where the wheel is kept turning when we experience loneliness or loss, failure, regret, anxiety, doubt, anger, conflict, jealousy. Those kinds of mental anguish. They ripen in more dukkha if we invest in them in self-view. There's something wrong with me, I should have done better. This isn't fair, how could they treat me that way? I'm going to get my revenge. I wish I hadn't done that, I can never be cured. We blame others, we blame ourselves. And so the cycle continues, and dukkha contributes to more ignorance, feeds the habits of self-view, creating me, creating you, 
and around and around we go. So that's how it ripens in more dukkha. The other way it ripens is in search, as the Buddha puts it. And when he says search, it means there must be an alternative. This can't be the whole story. There has to be a way out of this. This is an arisen thing. This can't be the whole reality. So when the heart is really immersed, really born into a state of suffering, then that possibility of search is switched off. It's, it's hidden. So we become deeply depressed, anguished. But if we listen to the teachings, listen to our own intuitive wisdom, our hearts, there's that voice that says, this can't be the whole story. There has to be an alternative. So, what is it? Which is a way forward? How can this be worked with? So I, I see this as a, the escape hatch, the escape route connected with that first truth. Because as the Buddha describes, the in investigation or working with dukkha, it starts off with that clear recognition. This is the feeling of dukkha. So rather than blaming ourselves or blaming somebody else, feeling it shouldn't be there, it shouldn't be this way, it's not fair. Instead, idang dukkang. This is dukkha. This is that feeling of dissatisfaction. It's like this. So in that very moment, in that way of appreciating, apprehending that feeling of dukkha, it's known as a feeling. It's an arisen thing. In his description of this process, the Buddha says, this, uh, in this way, if dukkha is reflected upon, it's recognized as a, an arisen quality, a conditioned thing, not an ultimate reality. Then this gives rise to faith, sadha. There is a way out. This isn't the whole story. It can't be the whole story. It's impossible. So that is faith, sadha. That intuitive wisdom that dukkha is not the ultimate reality. It can't be. It isn't. Aha. So then that faith, the sadha, gives rise to delight or pomoja, a sense of joy, like, yes, yes, there's a way. I can't necessarily say I've fulfilled that way out, but there is a way out. Hooray. Yes. Pomoja, delight. And that delight leads to rapture, a kind of energizing joy, piti. Piti then uh, leads on to uh, relaxation or ease, calm, relaxation of body and mind. And calmness leads to contentment, sukha, a profound happiness, a full ease of being. And that, that sukha then becomes a basis for samadhi, concentration. And concentration then leads on to insight, to knowledge and vision of the way things are, yata bhutang nyanadasanang, which then leads on to letting go, dispassion, detachment, which leads to liberation, the ending of the outflows, asavakaya, 
So that's a good sequential process to get to know, to look at, to explore, to see how that works. A causal chain, a dukkha just doesn't necessarily result in more dukkha, but if it's worked with in a skillful way, then it leads to those qualities of insight, understanding, letting go, realization. Well, this is not the only way of, of relating to Paticca Samuppada or the Four Noble Truths, but I feel it's a helpful, skillful way of seeing that with each truth, there's a way that it points to an exit. How to enable the heart to let go of that wheel, the wheel of becoming. So during these days, when the mind gets caught in various different kinds of dukkha, struggling with a feeling in the body, self-criticism, getting upset with somebody else, with feeling irritated by somebody or jealous of somebody, or worried about somebody. Recognize this is dukkha as a conscious taking of the attention off the thing that seems to be the cause of the dukkha, the cold wind, the pain in your knees, the behavior of that person, our own conduct, our doubt or our anxiety. Take the attention deliberately off the object that seems to be causing the dukkha. Turn it around 180 degrees, back to your own jitta, to recognize, oh, this is the feeling of dukkha. That's what this is. In this moment, the heart is saying, it shouldn't be this way. This isn't fair. Or why me? How could they do that? This is something the mind is adding on to this experience. This is dukkha. And then watch what the effect is of that way of reflection. When there is that recognition, idang dukkang, this is dukkha. In that moment, it is being received, understood, parinyayanti. Oh, that's what this is. This is the feeling of dukkha. And in that moment, the second arrow of the two arrows is dodged. It doesn't land, doesn't hit. The first arrow of the pain in your knees or the cold wind or the irritating behavior of the other person the behavior doesn't stop, the wind doesn't stop, the pain in your knee doesn't go away, but in that moment, it's recognized that this doesn't have to be a problem or something that shouldn't be or is unfair. This is the way it is. Watch what happens when that quality of dukkha is apprehended is received. Notice the change in the heart. Oh, here's the mind blaming, here's the mind worrying, here's the mind 
trying to avoid, to manipulate, negotiate. Aha! And that quickly leads on to letting go, the second noble truth. But right there, when that dukkha is recognized, it's not that person, it's not your memory, it's not the wind. It's what the mind is doing with it. Aha! Watch what happens. Know that. And when that knowing ripens, is embodied, right there, there's a cause for faith. That's the way out. With that change of attitude, suddenly, yes, the wind is cold, but so? Yes, I shouldn't have said that thing, I shouldn't have done that thing, that would caused painful results, so? Yes, that other person is a bit loud or a bit busy, for my tastes, so? There's a spaciousness. It doesn't mean that we're completely passive or we don't get an extra jacket to, to warm up a bit. It doesn't mean we don't change our posture. But notice what happens when the attitude shifts. There's a relief, there's an easing in the heart. Ah, that's the basis of faith. In that moment, the heart recognizes there's a way out. This isn't the whole story. Right. Notice that. Let that be acknowledged. Don't dismiss that or ignore it. Push it aside or just blink and miss it because you're so busy to get onto the next thing to be involved with or attentive to. Notice that change of heart. Let that faith be nourished. There's a way out. Dukkha can't be the ultimate truth. It isn't. How could it be? Let that faith then grow and, grow and strengthen. Let it ripen. See what it leads to. See how that then affects the ongoing attitude towards the mind creating dukkha about other things. So you get to know the feeling of dukkha. Get to know that reactive pattern. Become something that's recognized so that the attention is making that 180 degree turn and recognizing, oh, the mind is creating a problem out of this. This is the, it shouldn't be this way, attitude. Oh, it's noticed, recognized. And in that recognition, it's transcended, right there. Dukkha is seen, it's known, it's apprehended. 